0: Hello and welcome to episode 1 of Scott's Big Mouth Now, what exactly is Scott's Big Mouth and his podcast? I can hear you asking Well for those that know me from Scott and World on YouTube You all know that I have, and it's been said, a bit of a big mouth I'm not afraid to say what I think And sometimes that can get me into a little bit of trouble I hold back on opinions, and I believe some of my longer videos could translate quite well to a podcast format. I like to think I've got a decent sense of humour. I've arranged a few guests. Some people you're going to know, some people you're probably not going to know. The flow of the episodes is going to be um, depending on what we're talking about on the day. They're gonna be single episodes, like today's episode, which is a single topic episode. We're also, when the guests come on, we're gonna to talk, find out about the guests, um, some random and unique questions that we're gonna ask them, find out about them, excuse me. And um, yeah, hopefully get you involved. It's gonna be up on YouTube, hoping to get up on some of the, the podcast channels as well. <coughs> Very much a suck it and see situation. See how we get on, and um, go from there. I'm hoping that the Big Mouth Podcast is something that uh, will grow over time, and it's something that you guys can get involved with us as well. Some of the episodes, I said, some of the episodes will be single episode like today's, uh, but we'll get them announced to the guests as we get going. Um, today's subject uh, is a something i've wanted to touch upon for some time but it's never really it's never fallen into a good fit with the scotland wonders world youtube channel sort of content uh today's subject is the thorny and criminally overlooked in the uk family court subject of parental alienation now i'm fully aware that the vast majority of you guys will have absolutely no idea what parental alienation is, what it looks like and how it manifests itself and what the effects are, not just on children, but also on the adults as well. So let's start at the very beginning and tell you what parental alienation, uh, alienation is. Before I start, I've harvested a lot of information from different websites. Uh, these websites will be included in the episode description guide. Um, if you believe yourself to be a victim or your children to be victim of parental alienation, then pre- please reach out for help. Um, there are some organizations out there that, that can um, help you. Sadly, some of the organizations that are there designed to help you will not. So what actually defines parental alienation? Parental alienation is defined as a condition, it usually occurs in a divorce, a separation and child contact issues. It is distru- dist- uh, it is the destruction of a relationship between parent and child. The child or children ally themselves strongly with one parent, the preferred parent and reject the relationship with the other parent, the alienated parent without legitimate justification. It involves a set of coercive and controlling behaviors that lead to the child emotionally cutting themselves off from a good parent who poses no safeguarding risks to them at all. It is a form of domestic abuse involving the psychological manipulation of children into showing unwarranted fear, disrespect, or hostility towards the targeted parent and or their family members. This could also fall under the umbrella of emotional child abuse. This process leads to a tragic outcome when the child and the alienated parent who previously had a loving and mutually satisfying relationship, lose the nurture and joy that relationship for many um, over many years and perhaps for the rest of their their lives. Currently the UK Family Courts system and its government uh, agencies neglect or refuse to acknowledge this form of abuse and damaging psychological issue in our society, which continues to destroy families and cause serious mental health problems for children, non-resident parents and their extended families. There are laws that define and sanction this form of child abuse in other countries such as mexico brazil and romania however it is still not recognized in british law despite having been recognized as a form of child abuse dating back as far as the 1970s a five-factor model has been developed by leading psychologists in the field of parental alienation this is to help identify the presence and indicators in the form of psychological abuse these include but are not um limited to <coughs> contact refusal positive relationship prior to uh, contact refusal abuse absence of abuse or neglect on the part of the in- alienated parent alienating behaviours of the preferred p- preferred parent child manif- and the child manif- oh, sorry the child manifesting symptoms of parental alienation. I myself deal with parental alienation and the damaging effect it has not only on my son but the emotional destruction it takes on me and other alienated parents. So, what sort of behaviours describe parental alienation? Parental alienation is a strategy where one parent intentionally displays to the child unjustified negativity aimed at the other parent. The purpose of this strategy is to damage the child's relationship with the other parent and to turn the child's emotions against that, uh, against that other parent. Some classic behaviors of, of the child <coughs> excuse me are number one the child expresses a relentless hatred towards the targeted parent. number two, the child's language mimics the language of the alienating parent three. The child vehemently rejects visiting the targeted parent. Four, many of the child's beliefs are the same as the alienating parent. Five, many of the child's beliefs are delusional and frequently irrational. The child's reasons are not from direct experiences, but from what has been told to him or her by others. The child has no ambivalence in his or her feelings. They are all hatred with no ability to see any good. Number eight, the child has no capacity to feel guilt about his or her behavior towards the targeted parent. For example, in my case, he was taking money from my account to pay for V-Bucks on Fortnite with his mother's approval and no remorse if he did it without my permission. This happened on numerous occasions and the, his mother was actually encouraging it. Number nine, the child and the alienating parent are in the lockstep to denigrate the targeted parent. And number 10, the child can appear like a normal healthy child, but when asked about the targeted parent, it triggers his or her hatred. As an, as an alienated father, I can identify with a great many of these descriptors. So that begs the question, what are the effects of parental alienation on children an inability to establish establish and maintain future relationships a lowering of the child's self-image a loss of self-respect the evolution of guilt anxiety and depression over their role in destroying their relationship with a previously loved parent lack of impulse control aggression can turn into delinquent behavior and educational problems, disruptions in school. So those are some of the effects that parental alienation can have on children. But what does it have on the adult and the parent that is being alienated? What effects does it have on them? Parental alienation causes long-term damage to children and it also destroys the parent being targeted. Numerous clinical studies have documented the effects of parental alienation upon targeted parents. Severe depression, anxiety, social isolation, despair, self-loathing and inward directed anger, deterioration of executive control. So the ability to stay organized and focused and symptoms indicating the presence of post-traumatic stress disorder ptsd i myself am a victim of parental alienation as is my son i can fully um say that some of these things that i've just read out to you depression i've suffered with depression anxiety uh, despair um ptsd yeah it's it's hard to deal with. Some of the things that you deal with as a as a normal adult um become very hard to deal with. I'm very lucky that I live in a very loving family with two stepdaughters that think um that I think the world of and think the world of me. But it doesn't um it doesn't limit the the destruction that it takes on you mentally when um your own child has been alienated from you for no good reason. Apart from money. And that ultimately. Is what this comes down to. (coughs) Imagine being in a situation where you're watching your children suffer. Watching them being deceived and turned against you. Watching custody orders being blatantly ignored. And throughout all of it. You're helpless to do anything to stop it. Because of an apathetic family court judge. Or greengrocers. Um, the magistrates, um, just people that have got no real business um, judging on family courts, even worse, the harder you fight, the more your children are pressured, threatened, and bullied by the alienator. Targeted parents can feel this conflict hurting their children and take all that pain into the onto themselves. Many targeted parents realizing that the family court is never going to truly intervene choose to walk for no other reason than to spare their children any additional bullying and emotional abuse. The legal system will sort of intervene, but only to the extent that a targeted parent can keep dumping every available penny they have into it. The process will grind on for years or until the targeted parent simply runs out of money. And in the end, people often blame the alienated parent for failing their children when it is actually the other way around. We just run out of money and the system doesn't actually it doesn't actually protect you. When it's all said and done, they've lost everything. Their home, their savings, their children. And a lot of circumstances themselves. The only thing that they get out of it is a monthly reminder of what they've lost in the form of a child support order from the Child Maintenance Service that threatens imprisonment if you fail to comply. The ongoing pressure, stress, despair, shame, grief, and sadness it's all overwhelming and it's unrelenting. It's too much, and in the end, you turn the anger on yourself. In one study, 54% of targeted parents had ideas of suicide. And in another, 24% of the study participants had actually attempted it. Parental alienation is no joke. It's a devastating form of psychological abuse and domestic violence made so in no small part because the family court um, pathology enables and empowers it while holding targeted parents relatively powerless to do anything to stop it in the uk divorcing separating and separated parents are filtered through the family court a system that is so broken and corrupt it absolutely beggars belief in the uk the Family Court uses CAFCAS. Their website says the following. CAFCAS stands for the Children of Family Court Advisory and Support Service. We represent the interests of children, excuse me, and young people in family court cases in England. We independently advise the family courts about what is safe to, safe for children and in their best interests. We focus on their needs, wishes, and feelings making sure their children's voices are heard and are at the heart of the Family Court's thinking and decision making. (coughs) Our duty is to safeguard and promote the welfare of children going through the Family Court uh, justice system. We support over 140,000 children and young people every year. As the targeted employer of qualified social work, as the largest qualifier, I'll start that again. As the largest employer of qualified social workers in England, we are deeply committed to making a positive difference to each child we support and are dedicated to improving the lives of children, families and carers. For every child whose current and future living arrangements are decided by the family courts, we seek to provide an exceptional experience everywhere and every time I've had numerous people coming to me about Kafkas. My own experience of Kafkas we will get to because they are a shambles, should be ashamed of themselves. We prioritise their safety and welfare, their voices and their unique needs. taking full account of their families and those connected to them. Our experienced family court advisors and guardians, that's a joke, may be asked by the court to work with families and then advise the court on what we consider to be the best interests of the children and young people involved. We work in three main areas. Divorce and separation, often called private law, is where parents or carers cannot agree on arrangements for their children. Uh, Care proceedings often called public law. It is where the local authority has serious concerns about the safety or welfare of a child and adoption, which can be either public or private law. We also work with our partners in the family justice system to identify solutions to help reduce the continuing pressures on the family courts and to improve the experiences and outcomes for children and their families. Um, I'm gonna try not to swear um, in these this podcast because I think it's a very important subject that really does warrant um, me holding holding things to account without the need to swear. Um, for me, Kafkas are an absolute joke. Uh, certainly in my case, they were an absolute joke. It was um, disgraceful the way that I was treated and the way my son was treated, and they failed him, not me. So, what does Count of Cass have to say on their own website about parental alienation? There is no single definition of alienating behaviours. We use the term to describe behaviours when one parent or carer expresses an ongoing pattern of negative attitudes and communications about the other parent or carer that have the potential or intention to undermine or even destroy the child's relationship with their other parent or carer. These behaviours can result from a parent's feelings of unresolved anger and desire, conscious or not, to punish the other parent or carer. Alienating behaviours range in intensity and their impact on children. These behaviours can include negative attitudes, communications and beliefs that denigrate, demean, malign, ridicule and dismiss the child's other parent. It includes conveying false beliefs or stories to and withholding positive information from the child about the other parent, together with the relative absence of observable positive attitudes and behaviors. So what they're saying is that um, a alienating parent will give no balance on what they're doing. They will simply denigrate malign and give a false sense of what they so they portray onto their child their own beliefs about the the other parent which then makes the other the child believe them thereby alienation is taking place via that alienating behaviors can also include spurning terrorizing isolating corrupting and exploiting <coughs> and not responding appropriately to the child's emotional needs, these tactics can foster a false belief that the parent who has been subject to the alienating behavior is dangerous or untrustworthy or unworthy sorry children may adopt adapt their own behaviors and feelings towards the alienated parent to ensure that the attachment needs are met An FCA will be concerned when these they identify these behaviors because they can damage the child's sense of self-identity and self-worth as well as their connection with someone who is important to them and will remain important to them for the rest of their lives. It can also damage the child's connection with the other side of the wider family. It is one reason why a child may reject or resist spending time with one parent or carer following their separation. FCAs are mindful that an allegation of alienating behaviour can be used as a counter-allegation to an alleged allegation of domestic abuse. They also are aware that children can make their own minds up about what has happened and how their view about what has happened affects their attitude to living or spending time with their other parent. Your FCA will explore this with a child who is refusing to spend time with one of their parents for no apparent reason and assess what impact this will have on their long-time welfare. Not in my case. While alienating behaviours can be expressed by just one parent, when it does exist, it is often a combination of both parents behaving in ways that lead to the child developing a negative view of one of their parents and then rejecting or resisting spending time with that parent siding with one parent is one way of a child finding a way of coping and holding on to that last one parental attachment your fca will also want to understand the role of new partners step parents in reinforcing or mitigating these behaviors Um, in my case my wife is a preschool teacher who is obviously trained to deal with children and Poses no risk to any child whatsoever. My wife, my ex-wife, I should say, um, did everything she could to make it awkward for my son to have any relationship with my wife and my two stepdaughters. And did everything she could, even lying in court, um, that he and Leah didn't get on, which wouldn't, couldn't be any further from the truth, even in the most extreme cases where a child is found to be subject to alienating behaviors the child may hold strong views of their own in addition to those that may have been made to believe by one of their parents. The rationale is to why children why a child holds specific and strong views about the parents about the parent they are rejecting will be explored in the FDA's assessment of your child's welfare and best interests. Where a child is subject to alienating behaviours, it may be in their interest for the authority of the court to be used to work towards restoring the relationship with the rejected parent, not in my case. The court will carefully balance its decisions to ensure that the welfare of both children and adults are safeguarded as far as possible, especially when there have been domestic abuse. There was no domestic abuse in my case. The court will look for ways for a child to maintain their relationship with both parents where this is in the best interests and the welfare is safeguarded. There was no safeguarding issues. Um, There was never made any against me, to be fair. Uh, it was the one thing that I actually expected to come my way and never did. Sadly, Kafka's um, I thought were an absolute shambles. Uh, to this day, I don't know how my Kafka's officer sleeps at night. We'll come back to Kafka's later on this podcast and how they are systematic, systematically failing children and are complicit with parental alienation in my case, and I fear a great many others. So with terms like child abuse, emotional harm, suicide, etc., within the terms and spectrum of parental alienation, you'll be asked here, Scott, what is the punishment? Is this allowed by law? The simple answer is in the UK, there is no law for dealing with parental alienation. However, family courts can and will step in when a child's welfare suffers as a result. However, contrary to that last part, it is very rare. this to happen i know i've experienced it the family court in the uk in mine and hundreds of people's experiences is so heavily biased towards the alienating parent generally the mother that the alienated father generally stands little to no chance when the court's are presented with concrete facts to show alienation. So that's a broad outline of parental alienation, a tactic whereby in a divorce or a separation, one side of the, and I'm not saying this is all um, women, mothers um, doing this. Certainly I've done a bit of um, child maintenance service stuff on this channel, and the vast majority of the comments come from alienate uh, from fathers. Um, there are fathers that leave their kids off on the high life, and they make it really hard for fathers that actually want to be involved with their kids. Um, give good dads a bad name, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating from a dad, a man that just wants to be a dad to his son, but. It's, um, I haven't seen my son in three years because of the alienation that's been um, hammered into him since almost day one when we split up. So with all that in mind, let me tell you my story. But before I begin, as a caveat, I am aware that this isn't just a case of alienating mothers. I'm also aware of the flip side of the coin. Um, however... It has to be said that mothers are at least twice as likely to alienate, show alienation tactics towards fathers than the other way round. This is due to the presumed role, and I hate this term with an absolute passion, of primary carer. What deems primary carer? The mother, generally, she gets the, the child benefit. So everything goes through her, so they she is then deemed primary carer carer um in law there's no actual stand into primary carer, I don't believe, but it's a term used within the 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 family court that's to beat the non resident parent with also when you have a child maintenance service actively record- uh, rewarding Alienating parents financially and willfully ignoring court orders, then the risk for the alienating parent is absolute zero. So and I, I experienced this. I had I've had two court orders, one which was 60 40 in her favor, which is what I went for. Um, we're going to get to the the numerous breaches of order. So there's a new order and I we she went through the child maintenance service she lied and told them I hadn't paid any money which took me four months I think it's four months to sort out but they were um, they were gonna take six seven hundred pound a month out of my um, my wages direct uh, because of her lies um, and although I have a court order of I don't even know what the the court order is now because it was in place for for so little time but you have a court order the alienating parent the resident parent generally they stop the child going to the non-resident parent thereby breaking the law by willfully ignoring the court order and the child maintenance service don't care simply put because the child isn't coming round you pay for whack so the child maintenance service is willfully actively rewarding criminals on a monthly basis so my story i found out my wife was cheating on me in january 2016 it wasn't the first time she'd been caught before in fact she had a history i was the other man in her first marriage our son was born in April 2007 before both affairs had happened. After an attempt to make things work it all fell apart a month or so later. Bitterness quickly set in on both sides. I refused to uh, move out, I wasn't the one that was responsible for the downfall of the marriage. I tried to be amical and stay pleasant from day to day for the betterment of my son however the early signs of what was to come were already there i knew early on things were going to get messy and bitter i lost my parents many years ago so i didn't have that to fall back on for help both mentally or financially i was on my own her she had wealthy parents and didn't they let me know it constantly being told of you'll run out of money before we do offering me a pittance Telling me that I'd not put any money into the house. The first time I knew I was in trouble. Real trouble. Was when we had a holiday booked. I didn't go. And uh, him and his mum went off to Spain for two weeks. Her mum and dad lived in Spain. Um, when they came home, my son was different. He was cold and distant. Didn't help, What also didn't help was her mum, as she'd done in the past, came back to look after him. During the school holidays, in this time, things were made very difficult for me. Both her and her mum pressuring me to get things sorted, which was basically get to a solicitor. Basically, we want you out of our life, and we want you out of it. We want you out of his life as quickly as possible. I had her mother on her knees in my son's face, saying, "You want to live with your mummy, don't you?" He was ten years old he didn't have a clue what was going on I got a solicitor they wanted to pay me a pittance to leave my home I had her and her mum constantly in in front of my son and in his face something I continually witnessed we went to mediation as was necessary it was my understanding we were there to deal with financial matters house savings Division of, of uh, equity and um, monetary stuff and things like that. However, when the mediator was asked what was to be discussed, I sat there open-mouthed when she came out with custody of our son. You see, we'd always been very clear with each other. Should we split, we would always co-parent our son. As her mum had had a son at 15 and palmed him off to be brought up by her own mum and it destroyed him in later life, something we were both desperate to avoid for our own. As things got worse, I was getting increasingly marginalised with regards to my son. We were still living in the same home, which made things incredibly awkward. Not just for me. But for him as well, you may well ask yourselves, Scott, why didn't you just move out? My answer to that is, I knew my time with him would be made even more difficult should I take that road. Her and her parents were adamant about me leaving and were making my life an absolute nightmare to try and make me leave my own home. Christmas, I was made to feel an outcast in my own home seeing my son for all the two hours we'd agreed time with him during the week and weekends i would spend time with him monday thursday and sunday with a rotating friday however on numerous occasions that time the time i was to spend with him together was interrupted or made difficult i bought him an iphone she changed the settings immediately so i couldn't spy on her Unlimited limited contact via the phone between me and him ...when I didn't see him. I met Wanda in 2017. We quickly became a couple... ...despite living under the same roof as my ex-wife. We had been in, in separate, ...me and my ex-wife had been in separate rooms... ...for eight years. Wanda happened to meet... ...my son... ...whilst we were in the pub one evening. Me and my son, Wanda, came in. Her being a preschool teacher... ...they got on like a house on fire. Pompey got promoted that season always been a huge Pompey fan and there was a parade down the seafront to we'd won the League two being that my day to have him on the Sunday I took it to KFC and he knew Wanda lot liked to KFC so he asked if he could phone her bearing in mind at this time he believed Wanda to just be my friend he, he then asked if she would like to come to the parade with us and she was delighted to accept whilst at the parade we passed my next door neighbour. My son was playing a game on my phone at the time when I saw a message flash up from my ex-wife and it read If you wanted to go on a date with your girlfriend I would have had our son for the day. Archie he (laughs) He instantly put his head down and withdrew into his shell. I told her That what I did with my time. With our son. Was none of her business. Sadly. That's where the real hostile. Parental alienation started. You see. He was terrified. When he got home. And when he did. She took him straight upstairs. Where. For the next 18 months. He slept in her bed. Aged 10 years old. I on numerous occasions brought this up with my solicitor and caf when they got involved saying how could it be right that a prepubescent boy was sleeping in the same bed as his mum and I was ignored continually told that there was nothing wrong with it and that it was perfectly normal when all she was doing was using him as an emotional crutch. I used to read to Archie going to bed in the evenings and that was taken away from me. Another instance of the alienation involved. If it was the other way around and he was sleeping in my bed for 18 months I'm pretty sure a conversation would have been had. Letters from solicitors would have been exchanged because that's what we did. We lived in the same house, but we communicated via solicitor a letter. And I think there would have been a different outcome. Whenever we expect time to give her, she would message him constantly. Love you. Miss you. Why didn't you come home? I thought you said you were coming home. Tell your dad you're coming home. Constantly. Instead of letting him actually spend any quality time with his dad. She moaned that when he was here, he was spending not just time with me, but my new family as well. So, thereby trying to alienate him from my new family and his wider family, as is explained earlier on. As the divorce proceedings were ramping up, so did the alienation. Believe it or not, I used to be quite fit, not fat, fit, and used to play five-a-side football on a Tuesday evening, every Tuesday. One evening, I was sat downstairs waiting to go to football. Her Her and my son were up in the loft bedroom that we'd had put in, where he was sleeping. I opened and closed the front door. To make it seem like I had left the house and heard a conversation between her and her mother on Skype who lived in Spain. The conversation shocked me to the core. There were very adult conversations and topics surrounding the divorce, the financial breakdowns, etc. There was heavy denigration of me, my character, and some absolutely appalling names being used. The most horrifying part of this was, that it was my son was part of these conversations. Participating and giving over information he'd heard. I was absolutely and still am devastated by hearing what I heard. Sent her a message along the lines of divorce and all that encompass it is hard enough but actively involving a 10 year old boy in those sort of conversations is disgusting and sh- you should be ashamed of yourself. Of course, I got no reply. I applied to the family court for an order to stop her denigrating me in the front of my son. This was while still living in the same home. This morphed into a custody issue. This was part by the greengrocers, sorry, I mean, magistrates whilst the divorce proceedings continued as this was a very messy case. With divorce proceedings completed I moved out of my family home and in with Wanda and her two daughters. This was an incredibly hard time in my life. I'm not too embarrassed to sit here and tell you that I I thought of suicide and it crossed my mind on more than one occasion. There There had been an interim order set by the court, outlined time spent with my son. However, constantly during that time, there was messaging, destabilising, and every tactic you can think of to, um, to interfere with mine and my son's time together. We went back to court For custody and access issues again and she adopted the hateful moniker of primary carer i changed my hours to allow full access to my son as i'd only just moved in with Wanda and the girls she set another hurdle saying he would need his own room to be able to stay over the court adjourned again we went back i had the loft room conversion done this then freed up one of the bedrooms thereby giving him the room he needed. I was seeing Archie Monday and Thursday after school and every other Saturday and Sunday, but having to return him in the evening after each visit because of the lack of room for him to stay in. During that final day in court, she decided that she had one more one more um, tactic to play and that was to lie and say that Archie and Leah didn't get on and that there was tension between the two of them and nothing could have been further from the truth. Luckily for my son, the court saw through her lies and awarded a shared care order of eighteen nights in her favor and twelve in mine over a month period, and almost instantly there was hostility towards it there was a there was a break for it to happen uh, so the nights the overnights didn't start for another six months for for allowing Archie to um, get used to the order <coughs> and when that was to start in the new year instantly problems started where she said she was sending a message saying he doesn't want to stay um, and doing there was no encouragement from her at all. Um, I would go to pick him up and he wouldn't be anywhere to be seen. And then he'd shut his phone off so I can get a hold of him and I'd get a message from her saying he's not coming. There were instances of Um, she would arrange for him to go to parties when it was our time to spend time together. Um, he just wouldn't turn up, which is obviously a, um, an issue, a safety issue, because I don't know where my son is. He could have been abducted for all I know. And she did nothing to encourage any of it. All she did was belittle. She, um constantly messaged him when he was here ringing him Um, if he didn't reply quickly she would get the hump and say why aren't you why aren't you messaging it got so bad that i asked him to leave his phone downstairs this was his bedroom where i'm sat in now but for i took the decision of while you're here It would just be nice if you had no distractions he had his PlayStation his friends could come around if they wanted to whenever they wanted to there was no restriction on him doing anything he wanted to do but the the constant messaging from his mother destabilizing him had to stop Um, and then there was an incident that I presented to Kafkas actually that he was ill um, so I the, the court order said that I had him on the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and he was ill. The Monday it was over the Monday. I think he was ill either late Sunday. It was early Monday morning. He was sick, and he got to himself where he, he was. He was almost sick every time he had to go to school when he stayed here, as if something was wrong. Something wasn't right with him going back to his mum's afterwards. And this one morning he got up and he was he was sick. So I got up and cleaned it all up, sorted him out. That was early on the very early Monday morning. He was fine all day Monday. I took the emergency day off. And he was absolutely fine, bouncing around. He was eating. Um, so it looked like it was either a stress thing Or something along those lines. Uh, Wanda said that that something didn't add up. She knows children. She works with children constantly. Um, She said that something didn't quite add up. Um, So we had the day off. The Tuesday morning comes. And I deem, as does Wanda, that he's actually alright. He hasn't been sick for 24 hours. Over 24 hours. So he's okay to go to school. Um, he breaks down and goes into into sort of a panic mode about going to school. I d- didn't know at this time he's actually messaging his mum m- with all sorts that he I'm I'm telling him he's got to go to school and um, there's all sorts going on. He doesn't feel very well. So I messaged her saying, in my opinion, um, he's absolutely fine for school. And she's like, it's your call. So off he goes. Goes to school. I can't remember if I took him or if he walked. And about an hour later, I got a message from him saying, just to let you know, I've been sent home from school. And I sent him back a message saying, you know what? Parenting isn't easy. And sometimes you don't get the decisions right. So I'm sorry you're not feeling very well. I am not know you're saying. It turns out he'd been texting his mum. Now it got to a stage where there was 10 breaches of the court order for varying reasons. All of them rubbish. She wouldn't encourage him to come. She would actively persuade him not to. So I took the decision And it was a hard decision. To look at the messages on his phone. Being the bill payer. And the fact I had concern for my son's mental welfare. I took the hard decision to look at the messages from his mum on his phone. And what I saw shocked me. It made me sick. And it appalled me. That a parent would go to the lengths that she was going to to alienate her son from his father. Constant messages of, I love you, miss you, why haven't you replied, I'm here, I'm home if you want to come home. Um, just constant, why did you go there, you must like it there. Um, and just on and on and on. And then I looked at the one surrounding the day he was sick. And he's telling his mummy sick. And I'm gonna put the one on I'm gonna put this one on the screen because this was the one that I brought up with the court on Kafka's, And it was the one that really, really showed her for the parental alienator she is. So it says go to school. I get them to ring me. Your, should, your dad should be home with you. I was home with him the day before. I deemed he was fine to go to school. As did Wanda. I can't go home. Because I feel sick. I have to be sick. To which she replies. Be sick at your dad's. Telling himself. make himself sick he replies I can't how and she says and this one for me is the one that should have been the nail that nailed her when you go to school say you have been sick in the toilet and you've been off and your dad has sent you in when you go to school so you've been sick in the toilet you've been off and your dad has sent you in let that sink in for a minute as well as Be sick at your dad's. Are these the actions of a caring mum? Are these the actions of a mum trying to encourage a relationship with her son's father? Be sick at your dad's. Telling him to make himself sick. Very few people know that during divorce, I got myself into a position where I was suffering from bulimia. It was the only thing I could control in my life. I would eat and make myself sick. I was a lot thinner then, a lot thinner then. I didn't tell Wanda for a long time because I was ashamed and embarrassed by it. And then I see a message from my son's mother Telling him to make himself sick. To make his father look bad. And no consequence for our own son's health. And not just that. Tell the school you've been sick in the toilet. Telling him to lie. To make... her son's dad look bad. Are these the actions of a responsible parent? Am I sat here saying that I didn't do anything? (sighs) Um, I don't think I did. Any conversation that I had, I had with her. And then she'd show him the text. Were some of the texts not the nicest? You no, know they weren't. And I completely get that. I was frustrated. The last text I sent her, I got a police call for. For calling her a name. I didn't mind being called thick, but that's something completely different. Um, I don't profess to be a perfect dad. But I never denigrated his mum in front of him like she did so there were 10 instances of these um, breaking of the court order so I took her back to court which when you go back to court it costs you about £250 each time and you soon realize and then um, on the first one I was I had a barrister that's £1500 a day and as it said earlier in the, the the bits and pieces, you keep going until you run out of money. I took it back to court for an enforcement order because of the 10 breaches of what happened. It got delayed because of COVID. COVID hit. So it then became, I think it was delayed for six months. There was an investigation through Kafka's. And Kafka's had instructed a, a wishes and feelings report something I was always dead against. In the first case, it was it was declined by the original greengrocers because he was living under the influence of his mum. I I I was very against the wishes and feelings report. Section seven. They granted it. He had had. Three, four years of being primed what to say by his mum. And then when the kafkas report came out, the Section 7 report came out, no safeguarding issues, he wants routine. So, having had ten breaches of the court order, evidence of parental alienation of which on the day of the court order which was a virtual one Kafkas officer his name was Sally I think unbelievably was more concerned that I'd gone into my son's phone and looked at his messages than the content of the messages themselves which to this day I find absolutely astonishing. This service is saying that it's looking after children's needs. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's looking after its own needs. And generally, the welfare of the primary carer, 90% of the time, it's the mum. I say, I I am aware that this isn't all um, a... a one way street, we're supposed to live in a an equal society when it comes to children, there's no such thing so the kafkas officer dismissed it saying I shouldn't have been looking into his, his phone and the the content of what was being said to him you must like it there why didn't you come home make yourself sick be sick at your dad's Tell them you've been sick in the toilet and your dad has sent you in. And all sorts of other things got ignored because I looked at his phone. Not the content. Didn't matter. Content was irrelevant. It's because I looked at his phone. You tell me where the problem is there. So the greengrocers, they went away and and deliberated. And I went from... 12 overnights a month... 12 overnights a month... with my son. Two. Or four. I don't even know what it is. Because... it lasted for about... that was in the July... or August. And... he went on holiday. Went back to school... And I think I saw him in September, about five weeks. And I haven't seen him since. Three years. You tell me that parental alienation doesn't work. You tell me where being sick, be sick at your dad's. Telling a young boy to make himself sick, to make his dad look bad. You tell me where... When you go to school, say you've been sick in the toilet and you've been off and your dad has sent you in. You tell me where that is acceptable. You tell me where CAFCAS think that's acceptable. You tell me where the, the, the UK Family Court thinks that's accessible, um, acceptable. And there's probably thousands of dads and mums out there with similar stories and nothing gets done because the UK court the family courts they don't address it you've got the child maintenance service that actively reward it you've got CAFCAS that are unfit for purpose you've got parents out there like myself I text Archie I used to text him two, three times a week. No response. You can't live like that. It affects your home life. It affects your family life. It affects everything. So, how... So, sorry to start the the rest of the podcast again. Um, So, where is the justice? Where is the acknowledgement in this country that parental alienation is child abuse? I just want to see my son. I don't think that's too much to ask. I messaged him all the time got no response at some point you have to shut off the hurt you have to shut the hurt off so you don't hurt yourself anymore and you don't hurt your family anymore when does that hurt stop? I don't have the answers to this I don't have the answers to why parental alienation isn't taken seriously it's harmful and it's destructive it's destructive to children and it's destructive to the parents that they're being alienating from alienated from and the uk courts sit and do nothing about it google justice for gavin briggs there's all sorts out there parental alienation awareness There's a website that's worth looking at. If you've got a story where you've been alienated from your children, please leave a comment in the comments box. I'm looking forward... not looking forward. That's not true. Um, I will read everything that comes in. I know this has been a hard first podcast, but it's a subject I've wanted to tackle for a very long time. And I've never had the strength to do it. If you've you've got a child, fight with everything you've got. Don't let the alienating parent win. It's really important. I'm hoping one day my son comes back and we can start to rebuild our relationship because we had a good relationship. It was destroyed by one person. Thank you for listening. Leave your comments in the comments box if it's on um, YouTube. I don't know how it works on the other things. I'm a bit of a newbie to all this. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, It's longer than I thought it was going to be. I'm quite surprised it has reduced me to tears which is why I've never sat and recorded this in the first place. So, yeah. Episode 1. Scott's big now. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great week. Um, Some Good guests coming up. Some funny guests. Some interesting guests. Some people that you're not expecting to see. And um, take care. Look after each other. I tell each other. I tell your kids you love them.